Hi there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I'm your host for today, Alistair Clark, and I'm not joined by our brother in the Force, Dave. He's off for some romantic rendezvous. We're not joined by our usual host, Alex Drew. He's up north with um, his nephew. But we are joined by the first lady of the Jedi Council, Mara. Say hello, Mara. Hello, Mara. Hi, Mara. How is it going in the States? How are things? It's hot, hot, but we're doing well. How are you? I'm superb. It's not so hot here. It's great. It's overcast, so it's a perfect English summer. Beautiful. So lovely, yeah. And we're also joined today by Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Andy, how's your summer been? We've not heard from you for a little while. No, no, no. I think the last one I was on was when we all actually got around the table in London. Um, there's a couple that I've tried to get on, and then I think one was cancelled at the last minute, and then I've been about, I've been here, there, and everywhere. Still lots of stuff been. actually. Um, yeah. So, cricket World Cup was a big thing for me over the summer. Um, I went to quite a few of the matches for that. That was good fun. Um, I'm still off work, renovating my house, doing my garden, growing some vegetables. <laughs> living living my best life I was going to say it sounds superb superb we're very jealous and and because of the absence today we're joined by a very special guest Uh, we've mentioned him a few times on the podcast previously I would say he's the most positive person in the whole of Star Wars Twitter sphere so can I introduce as our special guest guest today Neil say hello Neil hello Neil Hello, Neil. So welcome to the Jedi Council podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So um, you are always been super, super positive on Twitter. Where does this come from? Oh, it didn't start immediately. Uh, I first got on Twitter in about 2012 and was doing a bit of lurking uh, Slowly gathered a few more followers and uh, adding, uh, uh, listening to podcasts as well, and they getting on Twitter. But but I think a couple of years ago, after the uh, all the fuss over the last Jedi and the backlash of that and sort of negativity around that, I decided oh I'll get start being positive about Star Wars and Star Wars fans and just started from there. It sort of snowballed from there, really. Brilliant. And so, where does your where does your passion for Star Wars come from? Well, I'm a originally trilogy fan. Uh, I saw it in 1978. Uh, got back into it during the prequels after a, a ten year break. Right. And, uh, I was sort of following it around the time of a Disney announcement, and that's when I got back back into it really again, and just carried on from there really. Brilliant. And you, were, of course, were at the latest celebration in Chicago, weren't you? Oh, yes, Emily, yeah. So what? how did you find it? I think it was your second celebration, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was my fourth. Oh, wow. Much more than I I've been to all the Europe ones. Uh, that was my first American one and certainly uh, a vastly different experience rather than the size of it and everything. It was just, you know... Uh, the Europe ones are pretty pretty good, as in uh, what the scale they were, but this was totally different, you know, just actually going to the exhibit hall and that was just you know, a bit mind-blowing, really, to, to what you're used to of a celebration. And what, what was your real highlight of, of the whole thing? Ooh. I think rather than... I, I 
didn't get to go to any of the panels, but I just just meeting people from uh, from Twitter and that, uh, you know, so come up and say hello. I think we had a big meeting on Saturday night there, all the podcasts and that, and I met quite a few podcast people and that, and just nice putting uh, faces to names, you know, just connecting that way. Oh, that sounds great because, of course, you've you've created a lot of um, well online connections, including our own very or our very own Mera. Uh, Mero, how would you describe Neil on Twitter? Not really. He is the Neil. You are just so wonderfully positive. Um, you have a way of just I don't know spreading some sunshine. You know, because Twitter can, well, social media <laughs> in general can be a bit cloudy some days, but literally you're just always very thoughtful and encouraging and you always have uh, an encouraging word for somebody that helps them just at the right moment. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's an exaggeration to really call you the king of positivity on <laughs> on Twitter. I'm glad somebody has has uh, dubbed you that, uh, honestly, Neil, because you you really are very nice and very encouraging and such a great support to us all. And you bring us back to remember that we love Star Wars and, and why we love it. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Mara. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Um, so let's get to the main part of the show. Um, so... Obviously, a few weeks ago, we've been away for a few weeks now. So even though Andy hasn't been on a podcast since maybe he's actually only missed two podcasts. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, but life gets in the way. And so I'd like to start off with um, the Sith Trooper. Now, this has been long rumoured. I mean, I heard about this uh, last year. But obviously, we've now seen it and we've seen what it looks like. And there's lots of rumours going around about what it is. Andy, can I start with you? Have you had a chance to look at the Sith Trooper? And what do you think about it? Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> you know, you, you've got this nickname of Mr. Contrary. Yeah. I, I, I may steal it from you. What? Because, well, I don't understand why there has to be so many different troopers. Oh, I agree with you. It, it doesn't, I, I don't want to say it doesn't excite me. They look cool. They're bright red. But other than that, really, like, what is a Sith trooper? I think it, it seems to me like they've just run out of words to put in front of trooper. Do you know what, Andy? I don't think you're being contrary. You've taken me down a different tangent where I didn't think we were going to go straight away. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> however, however, I like it because I have the exact same thing. It, it seems to me that, you know how sometimes we talk about movies running out of steam and ideas, you know, recently remakes of Lion King, Aladdin, etc. Um, it seems to me that, they, that by going into this troopers, why do they have to change them all the time? I don't yeah, really understand it, why you can't keep to the classics, and this uh, need to innovate for innovate's sake. This is it, I, 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 and I thought, well, the originals, you obviously had the Stormtroopers. Yeah. And I, I think there's a couple of variations, obviously, out there, this speeder bike guys and all that, but generally it was a Stormtrooper. Yeah. Then in the, in the new trilogy, you have the First Order versions. Yeah. So yeah I, get, I get that completely. Yeah, it's a slightly updated model. But all the others, I mean... The one that got me off the top of my head, I think it was Rogue One, that had the, the jet black death yeah. troopers. And yeah. I thought, well, so all the other troopers didn't have the the purpose of death then. I mean, I know that I know they couldn't hit anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. I don't know whether that was just ironic that these, these were death troopers because they were the only ones with actual aim. 
But uh, yeah, that was a bit ironic for me, really, to call it a death trooper. Because like I say, surely they, they're all there to cause yeah. death. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I, I think that's a really interesting point. Because if you remember when Solo came out and Alex and Dave aren't here to defend themselves, they got really excited about the mud trooper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I kind of thought, what the hell is a mud trooper? What, why would anyone who's any sort of huge army think, hmm, mud, that's a word to put in front of that name, mud trooper. Yeah, they're yeah. running out of words, aren't they? Or they're exactly. Just, or, you know exactly, what, they're, yes. on, they're in mud, so let's call them. I know. Mud. Exactly. <laughs> Vera, we've gone off on a tangent already, but but what? So, what do you think about the Sith Trooper? And do you have any sort of comeback to what um, Andy and I sort of seem to be agreeing upon? Well, I I admit, don't hate me, everybody, but I did a bit of an eye roll, um, to be <laughs> frankly honest, because honestly, it's it's not new. I mean, we've had this with Darth Raven and and the Republican arm, you know. Sith Trooper is is not new. They just look fan. They look like a, I don't know. Honestly, besides some like ribbing in the the armor or the helmet, and maybe more of a cat like visage um, or facade, I I don't think it's. I think it's a red First Order Trooper. Right. How special are they? They've already. It's not new. So what are they going to do? I mean, are they? you know, going to throw grenades like they used to, or are they going to be, you know, force sensitive? I, I, mean, I don't know. But I've got a question on that, Mera, actually. Yeah. I, I, I haven't read into this heavily. I mean, they, I'm assuming that the troopers aren't actually Sith. They're just right. sort of linked in some way to the Sith. Or do they right. protect a Sith? I, I don't quite get where they sit. I'm going to pose a question on that in just a minute. So let me first go to okay. Neil quickly and ask first thing, Neil, are you a collector at all? Uh, not of action figures, no. Because my sense is, is that sometimes these troopers are aimed at the collectors. What yeah. do you think about that? Because, um, you know, everyone who's a collector has got 20 different version Lukes by now. And it seems to me to add to the collection, they come up with these ideas. What What do you think? Uh, I agree with all of you. I think... If it wasn't if it wasn't for the word stiff, there would just be another trooper, wouldn't it? It just you know, totally un- unremarkable, really. Just they put the name Sif on it, and suddenly a Star Wars fan goes crazy about it. Otherwise, you know, meh, you know. That's exactly it. It's really interesting, isn't it, that um, Andy came out and said he thought this was a contrary opinion, but in fact, turns out of us four, we all kind of agree with it. It's, it's it's interesting. They, they, there were rumours of it. I think at celebration, Neil. Is that is that right? I wouldn't know. I didn't hear anything about it. Okay, okay. Well, so to go back to Andy's point about what the Sith trooper is for, um, I've had various discussions about what's going to happen in the next film, and so this is fan rumour. So if you don't want to hear the spoiler, please fast forward a good few minutes. Um, There's been a report out in Making Star Wars, and to be honest, they're normally pretty spot on. I don't know if anyone else here follows them, but they certainly ruined The Force Awakens for me because they got it pretty much exactly right. And a report on there says that Sith Troopers have a very different... impact on the film perhaps from from what uh, you were thinking andy about them being part of the first order so instead 
there's always been this idea that there's something out in the unknown regions um, ever since the emperor died at the end of um, of, of episode six, and and the idea is is that the the Sith troopers have been sort of put there by him out there and hiding and rebuilding and um, and so they've been out there for thirty years. They have new Death Star technology, which I would particularly hate because I can't stand another film with Death Star technology. Um, that Kylo Ren knows they're out there and he's, he's been trying to retrieve them. And in fact, they are the Emperor's Guard. That's why they're Sith Troopers. They were the Emperor's private guard who sent out and they are going to protect the resurrected Palpatine. Andy, discuss. Well, okay, so my first question is, if I remember correctly, when I watched Return of the Jedi, the Emperor had his own guards, and they were not Sith Troopers. They were not. So why have they just changed them? I'm sure, were they not red? Are they, I know they're not the Praetorian they guards. Are they, like, are they called Emperor's guards? I can't remember what they're called. Now. Yeah, they were red. Well, the, yeah. thing is, the thing is, though, with, with the cartoons and with the sort of widening out of, let's use the word law because I don't have a better word, um it sort of changed it consistently. You know, if you watch something like rebels where the emperor's time traveling or being able to see into time travel, or if you look at the cartoons where objects now have, um, Sith properties, indeed Sith lords in them, the, the laws in the last five years since Disney's taken over has changed quite a bit. And so I, I agree with you. We've, we've kind of seen it before, but I think this is a way to try and bring episode one, two three four five six seven eight nine and join them all up to be the emperor's story and so they're trying to find devices to do that that would make sense i guess i mean it doesn't make sense to me the way you've said it makes sense i I wouldn't have necessarily gone down that path to be fair no i mean i've i you've probably heard me ranting about i'm in the minority who when i saw that uh trailer sort of meh Mad it because I was just oh no not another Death Star not another one of these um, I was hoping it would move it on a bit but um, Mera have you had a chance to look into these making Star Wars rumors and, and think about it I haven't to be honest so um, but uh, I mean what you've said I agree with Andy I mean it does make sense but I, I don't see sense otherwise other than just protective of the emperor, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see, after celebration, I don't see how they cannot have the emperor back in some major way. And this seems to me to be quite a good way to bring them back. They were also, of course, heavily featured on that uh, poster that came out a couple of months ago, which everyone at the time saw discredited. They were heavily in the foreground. So, it's it's interesting what's happening with this. Neil, do you have anything about this rumor idea? Yeah, I did uh, have a good look at it. I read a bit. Uh, it sounded quite interesting. I think I was quite interested. It would be coming out of the unknown regions. I think they sort of uh, sort of canon wise, they sort of put some theories, or well, put some stories about about you know with Thrawn and all that about the unknown regions. So I think bringing it actual into the actual movies would be quite good and just I think as one area of the movie you know got to see how it goes I mean we don't know how large a role they play you know what Palpatine is doing with them you know just have to see what happens 
Sure. But how, how do we, how do you feel in general? And this is, this is for both you and Andy about if Palpatine is the main big bad in this film, how do you feel about that? Bearing in mind what we've seen in episodes seven and eight so far. Do you want to go Andy? Yeah, I'll go on. Yeah. Um, you say it's a difficult one on the one hand I'm excited I'm very excited I mean just the very the very mention that it's it's Palpatine as soon as I heard the cackle he is one of if not my favourite character of the entire franchise Um, but again you have got that sort of niggling doubt that it's more recycling for for want of a better word it's not very original It's, it's yet again looking back and then bringing stuff forward to the present day I, yeah I, maybe I'm looking forward to a Star Wars that's written on a blank sheet of paper I'm, I, again I'm 50-50 on it to be fair I really am because like I say I, I can't wait to see what they do with property but I just think that it's it's a bit like what they did with Luke in The Last Jedi it, it's going to go one way or the other and I think it went the wrong way in, with The Last Jedi it's, it's, it could very easily go the wrong way in The Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine as well yeah, I agree with that. So what, what do you think then, Neil? I'm with Andy a little bit on that. I just think it sort of does indicate what happened at the end of Return of a Jedi. Does it give Vader's redemption, you know, a big a big no-no on that one? You know, he, he turned to the good side, helped his son and threw the Emperor supposedly down the shaft and... Well, behold, all these years later, he's back. You know, you know, does it sort of demean Vader's uh, story a bit? Yeah, I think I think that lack of consequence. I think in the last podcast, which Mayor was on, we discussed this idea that um, there's actually a lot less intrigue in the new uh, in the sequel episodes compared to prequel and original timeline episodes. In that, it's sort of spelt out for you really explicitly what they want you to think and what you want you to question which which we found found a bit annoying mera just just going on to to think about this this palpatine and this this floor are you you, are you now at a point where you're ready for something fresher than this i i am i i would have um i like a lot of elements to these last two movies they are not my favorite as we've discussed but there are some good things in them. Uh, but I, I, looking back, I would have preferred a clean slate. Yeah. I would have had, you know, keep Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie as legends and, you know, inspiration or, you know, and then just kind of gone on without bringing it back because, I mean, Andy's right. I mean, we're bringing back Palpatine and it can go either way. And, um, I don't know. For me, it was so final and such a you know, sacrifice on Vader's part, which brings in what Neil just said about does that take away from, um, you know, Anakin's journey? Uh, no, I don't think so, really. But it's kind of overlooking that in a way. Why are we bringing it back for thrills and chills and, and it, what, what's going to happen? I, I, I want this to be wonderful. I want this to be like the, the wrap-up of all wrap-ups of a what a nine-episode saga um, should be, really. But I, I think that 
if we could go back, I would like a clean slate and have them. As, you know, yeah. Fresh story. Yeah. Has, has anyone on the podcast in Toy Story 4 at all? Not yet, no. We were going to go uh, tonight, actually, until we arranged the podcast. Um, <laughs> so I think we're going to go. I think we might go one night this week. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. It's, again, I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah. Um, well, I won't spoil it then, but um, I'm assuming, Mary and Neil, you've both seen the original trilogy, so it, or the original yes. first three. Yeah. See, when you, when I saw Toy Story 4, I I found it very odd. And, and I and I first really understood what some of the Star Wars fans have been feeling with sort of anti feelings and nostalgic feelings, because um, for me and, and you may differ when you see it yourself, Andy and others. It was Toy Story grew up with me, so you know I saw the first one when I was a kid, but by the time the third one had come on, it was twenty years later. I was twenty years older, and I could resonate with the idea of what happened to my toys, and you know a lot of us shed a little tear at that. But for the fourth one, it was aimed at kids again, and I suddenly realised that the Toy Story which I loved and had been aimed at me, wasn't quite the same anymore. It still had the formula. It had the sort of, this is the bit you laugh at. This is this is what Buzz does. This is what, this is what happens when, um, you know, you see Woody do something. But it wasn't quite the same. And I hadn't understood that before. And, and it made me think, I wonder if you think about the new Star Wars, are there certain bits where they feel like there has to be you know, I mean, there has to be certain things like a space battle, a lightsaber fight. But has it become a bit formulaic in that sense? What do you think about that, Andy? Okay, I guess so. Um, you saying about the original Toy Story, so I, mean, I just looked at the release date of that, actually. And it was 1996. I was the ripe age of eight and a half, I believe, mm. if my maths is correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, so yeah and I do remember going to say I don't think we saw it at the cinema but I think it might have been actually I think my dad had it from Blockbuster which is a bit of a throwback yeah, um, yeah hide the video big fan yeah, it, it had all those sort of childhood memories for me it's one of my it is one of my favourite films actually yeah me too yeah and, and part of me actually now you've said that I'm, all, I'm actually thinking do I even want to see Toy Story 4 is it going to sort of ruin it a bit <laughs> Do you know, I wish I hadn't. I, yeah. I mean that. I really mean that. And like, I do know a lot of people who found it really funny. They've tended to be a little bit younger than me. It's it's just that thing about how... What, what I'm wondering is, is, is in particular with the new Star Wars, I mean, it's the, 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 the Force Awakens was obviously very nostalgic and aimed at the older audience. That Then you've got, um, then you've got the most recent film where it sort of tried something different and it was aimed clearly at a slightly different audience and you got the pushback and it was only when I watched Toy Story, I suddenly realized how odd that can feel yeah, because yeah. it's, it's when you've got a scent, you've got the formula, you know, this happens then this happens then this is what a Toy Story film is, but it's not meant for you. And you sort of have to let go and be like, okay, it's fine. I've got to understand that a eight to 10 year olds got to enjoy this. Like I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing then that they haven't quite rebooted it, but it's, 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 I suppose the situation is very similar to episode seven and eight of Star Wars. Yeah. From what you're describing. And it's obviously both Disney, which is which is kind of that's why I, you know there is there is sort of a 
I'm glad Alex is not on here. We'd probably get into a big argument. But my sense is there's quite a big Disney formula at the minute, you know, rebooting cartoons into live animation. Yeah, that's true. Taking taking properties, you know, there's going to be seven Marvel films in two years' time in one year. They can't make one Star Wars film work a year, but they can do seven Marvel. That's crazy. It is, it is all becoming a little bit formulaic, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. What 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 do you think about that, Neil? Oh. I, I did enjoy the original Toy Story. I was probably in my probably middle twenties, getting to late twenties when I watched it. So it was, you know, it it was a good movie. Uh, I think the formula with Star Wars sort of worked with me for that feeling was. I think with me for the Phantom Menace, I was probably I know that film was probably more kid oriented in some ways and. I was I probably hit about I hit thirty as I watched that movie and I sort of had mixed feelings about it at first you know uh, I did like all the Jar Jar stuff and all that and but you know other parts of it with Jedi uh, uh, Darth Maul that I did enjoy so I think that sort of that sort of thing sort of stuck with me uh, yeah I think I haven't seen Toy Story yet four yet uh, and I you know I'm I'm either way on it if I do catch it I will but. I did enjoy the original trilogy of it, and you know it's it's not a, a must see for me. But but do you feel that the that Star Wars has a certain formula now and almost tick boxes that have to happen, or it's not a Star Wars film? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I think the Force Awakens was uh, certainly hitting on the nostalgic drum a bit. Uh, you know, it, it did it in places that you thought, you know, or oh, that's certainly calling out to A New Hope and all that. So I think the last year I did try and uh, uh, go slightly different ways with it, and I think that's why I've turned off some of the fans. And I enjoyed The Last Jedi, not as much as Force Awakens. But, you know, it's it's how they do it. You know, it's, I think certainly there was a formula to Star Wars, and they kept to it pretty much on Force Awakens, and uh, they pretty much on The Last Jedi as well. But I think they did... Uh, Ryan Johnson did try and mix it up a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think to Andy, one of the, it was quite a while ago you said this, but did you and your dad go and see Rogue One? I'm right in thinking that, aren't I, Andy? <laughs> no, we've, have we no. lost. Oh, he's no, there. there. You go. I'm back. It's all right. I, <laughs> I keep having to mute myself because I've got a terrible tickly cough. So sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't quite press the button to unmute myself. Um, no, my dad hasn't yet seen Rogue One. Um, my dad, I normally go to the cinema with my dad to watch any new Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, having grown up with with my dad watching them and he, him thinking the original trilogy was, you know, the ultimate. And then we went, we sort of watched the, the prequel trilogy at the cinema together. Yeah. So we watched The Force Awakens together at the cinema. We've watched, uh, no, that's it actually. That's it. He, he wasn't fussed to come to The Last Jedi. But yeah. Certainly Rogue One. Um, yeah, we have. We haven't. He hasn't. I don't think he's, he's. He's bought it on DVD, but he hasn't even watched it yet. So he's, he's lost interest in the franchise a little bit. To be fair, but I don't. You've sort of half made my point, which is unfortunate. I really hope you had seen it with him. Um, oh, no, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I always, I've, I've always to the shock of Dave and Alex said that Rogue One. 
I don't like it as a film. And I've tried, I've, I've owned it on DVD. I've watched it about 10 times and I still don't like it. And I think, I think it's quite an inaccessible film to casual Star Wars films. I think you have to be quite interested in Star Wars to get it and really want to see it. And I feel that Star Wars might be going down this route now where it's starting to lack mass appeal in that it's becoming very much for the fans. Do you see what I mean, Andy? Yeah, yes, I do. And I do agree with you, actually. Um, I, and this is why there was a, a long debate on, on a podcast about a year ago, I think. Um, this was with Dave and Alex on as well about um, Marvel fatigue and Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. And I, but I, I do think, um, I think, I think I was, I was disagreed with at the time, but I do think that Star Wars has a much narrower appeal at the moment. I think it does. I think, yeah, I think the films are very formulated, like you say. It, it sort of, it's in its own little bubble. Now, someone could go into, I know the Marvel films are all part of a, a story, a such a story arc, but you could go to the cinema and you could just watch Thor, say Thor Ragnarok, and it stands alone as its own film. You don't really have to tie it into other stuff. Yeah. But I think there's so many more interlinks with Star Wars. You, you have to understand the universe and you have to understand the main characters. Otherwise, yeah. it's it's it'll be a good visual spectacle, but I think it'd be a little bit lost on the average person. Yeah, um, I've I've long said, and I think you disagree with me on this, Ali, that I think they need to get a, a completely new director in, do a completely new trilogy. I still think Christopher Nolan doing a, an adult Darth Vader, you know, PG fifteen or whatever, you know, with violence and swearing. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go. I think that would appeal to a, a huge different market. Yeah. Something I love those lines. I don't disagree with the concept. I just want them to go away from Darth Vader and these characters. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, you don't like the different. throwbacks, do you? I guess. Um, I just but I'd love to be a strong character. Vader. Yeah. But it, my 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 thing would be in between. I think there's a massive cinematic gap between. I know we're off on a real tangent now. Sorry. Um, there's a massive cinematic gap between the end of Episode Three, and then even where sort of Rogue One sits, and then A New Hope. I think it's 30 calendar years or something like that. And I want to see how Vader became an absolute badass. Right. He's such a strong character for me. And I know that the first sort of six film is the story arc of how Anakin became Darth Vader and then redemption at the end. But there's that whole bit in the middle where the first three films sort of build him up. The second, the second three films show him as a bit of a badass and then his redemption. I want to see him. Absolutely, he was feared. You saw it at the end of Rogue One, where they were you know, running for their lives. But how did he become that? that? That's a huge. I know that again. It's a throwback, and I know you're not that fussed for the throwbacks. But I think I'm, I'm sure Alex said it was mentioned. It was done in a comic or a, a, a novel. I, I want to see it on the big screen, and I want. Yeah, to no, there what, there is a book. I've read it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I want to see what Nolan did to Batman, basically, okay. but with Vader. <laughs> Mera, following on from that. <laughs> yes. from that. I will say I liked Rogue One, but again, I don't know. With uh, I wonder if um, Rogue One was pretty heavy. I mean, everybody. Spoiler. <laughs> everybody dies. Um, it is a bit heavy as far as that's concerned because you get connected. They start getting connected to these people. And then that happens, and yet, you know, the sacrifice is pretty... Uh, it's definitely a war film, in my opinion, as far the most war-like Star Wars film 
Um, but anyway, what, what was the question, Ali? Not just my opinion on Rogue One. Do you know what? I've almost forgotten it because of Andy's going on. Sorry, I just I just went off on a complete tangent. <laughs> you know, I have I've mentioned before, I think on on a podcast that we could have condensed the prequels to have maybe the third movie be more of what Andy was describing. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see that too, because then all of a sudden we've got the end of Rogue One, and you're just like, well, that's Vader. Yeah. You know? And at the beginning, it's like he doesn't have to do it, but. But we didn't, so we don't have it, and you know. I think the que- I think the question was: yes. Has Star Wars become a bit formulaic, and does it suffer from that? And 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 its narrow appeal, which I think is why I was talking about the whole different director yeah. trilogy appealing to a completely different market. It's definitely yes. There's a formula to it. I mean, you have to have certain elements. You have to have a space battle. You have to have a a, a sword fight. You have to have. Um, using the force or, or this evil, uh, you know, dark and light. And so, yes, yes, I think so. And I, do you think that maybe rogue one going against that is the reason why it's not as likable because it breaks the formula? No, no, I don't think that at all. I think, I think it spoke to hardcore fans yeah. and, and wasn't of particular appeal to anyone who wasn't a hundred percent invested in star Wars. Right. Okay. I think it was hard. I think if you, the great thing about Star Wars and why it's so popular is, is that it appeals to lots and lots of people. You know, there's hardcore fans, there's people with an interest in it, and then there's people who go and watch it because it's Star Wars as a one-off. Mm-hmm. And I think at the moment, those people that go for the one-off are just not turning out like they used to. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see with the admitted relative success of Galaxy's Edge, but the fact that it's the overcrowding has not happened. That it was opened up a lot quicker than they expected. Um, that there is perhaps um, slightly less appeal than people imagined. And you know, I always, I mean, I think Marvel's a great example, but I think Harry Potter in many ways is a better way because it's multi, uh, it's across multiple industries. You know, there's theme parks, there's everything you can think of with Harry Potter. But if you think about the films, then there was a slight formula, but each one was different and moved it on. They, yeah. you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't like the same callbacks. You know, there were, there's a film without the main bad guy, Voldemort, in it. But you don't seem to get that in Star Wars. It's kind of like, hey, this happens, this happens, and it's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I just wonder well, if. doesn't have any of the original, uh, I heard, characters in it, does it? What, sorry? Does Galaxy's Edge not have much of the OT? Oh, it's got none. None whatsoever. Yeah, so I, I yeah, think it's that completely Disney it, era, isn't it? Apart from the droids, yeah. And the Millennium Falcon. I mean, but when you Cheers. go to Star Wars, don't you want all of that Star Wars feeling? And if you don't have the familiar, it's... Well, just I just get these feelings like... Um, if you, if you go to Universal and you go to Harry Potter and you buy a wand, you can then use that wand. Mm-hmm. If you buy a late lightsaber in Galaxy's Edge, how can you use it? And yeah. it's $200. It's not cheap. So, uh, yeah. Though I am, as always, looking forward to going to see it in November, hopefully. Um, gosh, I think, I think we started off on a really pessimistic tangent. I apologise for that. Uh, <laughs> it's the contrary for reasons, well, darling. Welcome to the Jedi Council, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd like I'd like to actually so Neil first of all you've got your own podcast I wonder if you wanted to pl- 
plug it first of all what it is what it's called where you can find it because my next question revolves around something you discussed very recently yeah uh, my podcast is called trial car co-pilot uh you can find it on itunes spotify uh it's mainly on the anchor app podcast app it's just me uh i have sometimes i have guests on it uh it's mainly me uh Sometimes it's a bite-sized chunk, about 15 minutes, or I, I'm trying to go a bit longer with episodes now. Uh, it's just me. I don't really do news stories. It's just I just pick uh, some funny subjects or something interesting to me and just have a go on a tangent on that. And talking of that, so recently you had a segment which really made my ears prick up, which was about the marketing of The Force Awakens versus Rise of Skywalker. So just for those that haven't listened to your podcast, could you just summarise about what you felt were the key differences in the marketing strategy? Yeah, uh, I think Force Awakens was certainly the first film in Disney era, so they had to really start pushing the boat out on it on getting the word out for it. Uh, I think with uh, a trailer they put out a year before the movie, uh, I think they had a little bit more from the making of it with the uh, Force for Change videos and uh, I think some tweets from JJ. And I think with the Rise of Skywalker being at the last movie and JJ again, I think him being super secretive is the last movie. I think certainly the marketing has changed a little bit. I thought there might be slightly more going on with it, certainly with uh, what they did as the perceived failings with solo marketing. But, you know, I think as August comes around and D23 is coming up and hopefully get a behind the scenes reel and slowly as things start moving out on it, I think we'll get, get a bit more information. But it was, it was interesting how they wanted to really push the Force Wagons message uh, for that movie and really... They're sort of keeping their uh, sort of lid shut on the rise of Skywalker a bit. Sure. Amara, for our UK audience, has there been any real push in the States on, on the rise of Skywalker? Um, of course, I'm not a collector, so I don't really watch that closely for that. But um, I haven't seen, <coughs> excuse me, I'm choking here. I haven't seen too much. I mean, of course, I don't have regular cable either. <laughs> I live under a rock. You guys know this. We know. But um, no, I don't see anybody talking about it like they had uh, the last two. Uh, like, oh, Star Wars, have you seen the last whatever? Have you seen this? Did you know this was coming out? I mean, because the normal buzz among the community, which granted is not extensive uh, <laughs> around me, <laughs> literally, but uh, enough to like... There's just not. I mean, yeah. I have uh, two or three people in the office who before now would be like, oh, hey, da-da, Force Awakens, da-da-da, Last Jedi, blah, blah, blah. But nothing, nothing other than, you going to go see the last movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So so, so no tie-ins or anything. I mean, you know, in the States, you often get, like, cups at uh, restaurants like Denny's or something or on billboards. You're seeing nothing at all at the minute. I, I haven't. And is that the same for The Mandalorian and Disney Plus? Because obviously in the UK, we, we don't know when we're going to get Disney Plus yet. But has is, is there been any news on that? I haven't heard anything. So and odd. I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. 
so Andy, have you got any thoughts about? I know I know we've spoken to Dave about marketing strategy of Star Wars before, but do you feel the same that there's just not that buzz that there has been for previous films for this one? Uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really seen anything that, that's plugging the rise of Skywalker. Given given this is now this is the end game of of Star Wars, isn't it? it this is this is the big film to finish the the trilogy of trilogies. You know, in, this, in my mind anyway, this is, this is you know, 40 odd years of, of culmination of Star Wars. And it's going to finish that story. I think, I think I read somewhere that this is, this is it now for the Skywalkers. The next Star Wars film will not include any sort of older characters um, unless it's, a, unless it's a, you know, a solo style film. Um, the next main trilogy will be a completely new thing. I, I've not seen anything. I've literally not seen anything. I went to the cinema uh, it, last, it was last night um, to see the new Spider-Man film slightly late because I've been on holiday but, love that film um, yeah I thought it was really good um, but, the, but, but the trailers I thought oh I wonder if they'll be or if they'll show the Star Wars trailer or you know coming, coming soon being, being a Disney no nothing absolutely nothing nothing in the um, books either sorry Andy but just it's just it's, it's really quiet it, I, don't, yeah. I don't get it this is this is their big moment this is you know push this bloody film excuse me <laughs> Just put, push it, push it, please. Do you know what I mean? Get the fans on board for crying out loud. Yeah, Neil, do, do you agree with that? I mean, you, you obviously talk to lots of people on Twitter about Star Wars all the time. Um, do, do you think it's a bit quieter there for this film than in previous films? Definitely. I mean, as Andy said, it's the last film in the saga. They should be really pushing the boat out for it. I mean, you know, if we want to get as many as people to, to view it, not as hardcore fans as us or, you know, it's general public because they start, they leave it too late when, you know, the, the box service will be quite, would be as brilliant for it. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's Star Wars, you know, you've got to market it, you know, let people know that it's coming. You know, just, I know JJ has his secrecy and everything, but I think, you know, just, you've got, you've got to let go of it, you know, it's the final movie and you've got to balance, he's got to balance that with, Putting the word out, I think it's more. Oh, we can't let the spoilers out of this movie, or it's stuff people don't want to know. Well, we don't want them to know. Mm. Rather than oh, it's the last Star Wars movie. Let's just say you know, let's give it a little bit out at least. You know. Sure, and and just just in general terms, obviously, Mara, Andy, and I have had lots of says on this. How do you feel that Disney has handled Star Wars? Neil, uh, I think they, I think Force Awakens and uh, Rogue One are pretty solid start. Uh, Last Jedi, uh, I know they had no production difficulties with it. I think mean, I know the movie had a did a very good box office and sort of a fan sort of not a backlash, but it didn't take uh, some fans. Uh, I think solo difficulties with production. And the marketing of that didn't help that movie, even though I did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I think the last couple of years they come a bit unstuck with how they want to uh, do the movies. And I think going forward with Disney Plus and all that and other things, I think they've got to be careful not to sort of let Star Wars uh, get into a rut, really, and, you know, try and push it forward into different areas. Yeah. Yeah, that, can I just say, that's a perfect segue into what I was about to say. 
Oh, go on. Is, well, which is a controversial thought. We need Alex for this, really. Um, with his intel with Disney he's a, he's a proper Disney fanboy isn't it um, where do we think where do we think Star Wars ranks in Disney's priorities compared to when they bought it as a, as a, as a thing as an entity to now do you, do you think it's sort of slipped do you think now they're heavily yeah well now they're, now they're concentrating on they've got the Marvel films obviously uh, yeah. which we, we compare excessively to be fair on the podcast but you've also got these the live action um, remakes that they're yep. pushing as well. Yep. I don't know what else they're doing. I, I don't know. What, I, well, they're taking over Fox. Sure. Well, they'll be, be on the franchises then. Yeah. Where, where are where or where is Star Wars in I, this hierarchy? Well, I, I, being Mr. Contrary, oh gosh, I was hoping not to say that today. But <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm going to go with you and go further and say I think Disney's got too big for its own good, and that's negatively affecting Star Wars. In terms of how many films at the box office right now are Disney in some way? Disney yeah. is yeah. Disney's taken over so many franchises, companies. I mean, if you think Marvel was originally Paramount, for example, um, it's taken over so much that it's almost so big that it's competing with itself now. Mm. And you can't. How how do you manage something when you're literally competing with yourself for airtime? I don't know how you do it. You know what? Actually, just an example. Sorry to sorry to cut in there, but there's no, three that's... films at the moment that I want to see in the cinema. There's Spider Man, which was Disney. we the last night. Yeah, Toy Story Four. Disney. And The Lion King. Disney. Exactly. So that's that's case in point. Yeah, but they have to they have to spread the marketing budget out between those three. They have to make sure there's enough space so you can watch all three of them. So they can't put their time and resources into one thing hugely i think which i think star wars probably needs oh yeah it needs to be melodramatic advertising <laughs> over the board here we go tease 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 i mean i agree with andy i don't think star wars is the tentpole franchise for disney anymore mm. i don't i think it was i think it was i think it was i think it was bought to be. Yeah. yeah definitely they meant they spent on it 100% it was going to be the, I like that analogy it's the tent pole it was, it was their flagship yeah it, it, they, they they literally cannot make a film a year work they can't do it which to me is absolutely crazy yeah. Neil what do you think about that yeah I think it's definitely slips I think Marvel is the, uh, the the golden child of Disney at the minute I think as what the money Infinity War and Endgame have made. I think, you know, so many movies that Disney make nowadays, it's Star Wars is competing against other, you know, other properties that Disney have. And I think what the perceived failure of Solo and Box Office and that, I think uh, Star Wars has sort of been dimmed a bit under Disney eyes. I think, you know, hopefully, I don't know how they're going to get it back, but, you know, it's just, it's not the, as Andy said, it was, it was perceived as a flagpole, but I don't think it's a flagpole anymore. You know, it's, I mean, Marvel is now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Gosh, this is, this is turning into a real depressing podcast. Sorry, sorry, listeners. So sad, <laughs> Andy, Andy, cheer us up. You've been reading the Star Wars book. Tell oh, us a yeah. little bit about what you've been reading. <laughs> I, I know you haven't finished it, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about it? Right, I haven't I haven't finished it, but I'm afraid I might not cheer anyone up. 
Oh no, Andy. Well, <laughs> I'm really sorry. This is my honest review so far. So I am 280 pages into the book, which I think is about three quarters. Which is called? Um, uh, sorry, yes, I didn't. I didn't actually say that, did I? It's Star Wars Aftermath by Chuck Wendig, and it's the 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 first of a, a three part trilogy, which is set in between. Uh, the last, not the last Jedi, the <laughs> return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. So it's what happens after the Empire is defeated and, and you know, what happens to everyone in the Empire. Obviously, the Palpatine's dumped down the chute, um, although, as we know, no, possibly not to his death. Um, and it's, it's it follows what happens to the Empire after that point. So I'm, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm say almost 300 pages in, uh, and it's. I say it's just getting started. It's a it's a it's a tedious read. It's a it's a difficult read actually, um, and I'm not alone in in saying this. So I, I popped up on that WhatsApp chat a couple of weeks ago. I took it on holiday with me, and it's it's a bit sort of it flicks to here, it flicks to there, it flicks back, it flicks forward, it it, it goes off on a bit of a tangent and then comes back. So it's quite a laborious laborious read. Um, Main character, so you've got a, a, I want to say an admiral, but I don't think think she knows what she is. But there's a character called Ray Sloan, um, who is the let's call her an admiral of the the last super star destroyer, which is called the Ravager. Um, she's trying to sort of assume control of the Empire. Um, they're all having secret meetings above uh, a planet called Akiva. There's a few other characters that are trying to get in on this meeting. Um, Wedge makes a, an appearance. He's, he's a, sort of on recon missions around this and the other planets in the outer rim. And he sort of gets captured quite early on in the book. And I, I don't know what happens to him because he hasn't, re- he hasn't reappeared yet after 280 pages. <laughs> so I'm hoping something will happen. Um, the, last, yeah, the last time we saw Wedge, he was hanging upside down in a cage being tortured. So, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, an ex-rebel called Nora Wexley. And who's is an uh, abandoned son called Temin, who's sort of following them. They live on Akiva, or at least Temin still lives on it. Still lives on Akiva. Um, he's built a, a droid himself called Mister Bones, which is one of those battle droids out of Episode One. Um, I forget what they're called. But are they just called battle droids? There's a name for them. Battle droids. Yeah, Roger, Roger. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he's got sort of a, a bits and pieces version of one of those. Um, Admiral Akbar makes a bit of an appearance as well. He's sort of floating up there still. Um, obviously, battle scarred after the, the Battle of Endor. But yeah, he's still sending things out into the into the outer rim to, to flush out the last remnants of the Empire. Um, Han and Chewie make an appearance at some point. They were mentioned briefly in an interlude. So, I mean, talk, let's talk about interludes quickly. So I'm on. I just made a quick note of this because it's quite interesting. So I'm on chapter 27. But there are, there's been 10 separate chapters up to that point, all called interludes, where we just go off to a random planet. We talk about some random characters that no one's ever heard of, and then we come back to the story at a different point in the story. <laughs> basically, I mean, my review of it's probably as hard to follow as the book. Um, it's, it's just... I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not enjoying it. I am. It, it, it's interesting. It's, it's expanding my knowledge of the Star Wars universe which, for, for those of you that don't already know, 
that it's limited to just the films. I haven't seen Rebels. Um, I've seen a couple of episodes of Resistance as well, um, the new cartoon. But yeah, it's uh, Clone Wars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Never seen it. Never read any of the comics. Never read any of the books. This is the first foray into Star Wars written fiction, and it's it's and it okay. Had a bad one. <laughs> yeah, it might be his last. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not alone. So I mean, I've just I bought up the Amazon page for example, and it's it's got two, uh, three, three stars out of five. And a couple of the reviews are exactly the same as me. So, you know, just it, it flicks from scene to scene. It's a bit of a, it's a bit hard read. Uh, so someone actually mentions the, the, the fact that a lot of the sentences are like four or five words long. They're almost like phrases, phrase, full stop, phrase, full stop, phrase, full stop. Yeah. And apparently it's Chuck Wendig style. It, I find it quite hard to read. Other people might enjoy it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, yes, I'd recommend it. Um, if you, you know, but I think you'd have to be really into Star Wars to read it. A bit like you were saying earlier about, you know, Rogue One is aimed at sort of start hardcore Star Wars fans. I'd say these books are as well, having read two thirds of the first one. Mary, if I'm right, you're not a person that reads Star Wars books that often, are you? No, I've only read the Claudia Gray Princess Leia, and I'm attempting to read a. Uh, the Scoundrels that feature Han and Chewie and Lando. Okay. Um, but I haven't picked it up since uh, England. <laughs> wow. Real page turner. That's two months ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, just quickly, just quickly, in my defense, you might think that review is a little bit negative, but the first five reviews on Amazon are titled it would be easy to say Wendig writes like a child, but a child is nowhere near as pretentious. <laughs> the, first one. the second one, the second one says, "How did this get past an editor?" Question mark. Third one, so badly written it kills any enjoyment of the story. <laughs> the fourth one, the fourth one says, "I struggle to finish this book," and the fifth one is poor, disappointing, and boring. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't that harsh. I wasn't that harsh. I, you know, I did actually enjoy it. <laughs> Neil, have you ever read any of the books? Uh, yeah, I've read all the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, oh, hello. Uh, oh. Uh, I've, I agree with Andy about the first book. If you're not used to Chuck Wendig's writing style, it's a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a tongue twister to get around. Uh, I did like the interludes of the first book. Uh, but I do assure you that the second and third books do get better, especially the third book. That's probably the best best one of the three. Uh, Excellent. It, yeah. So how long, how long did it take you to read the first book, Neil? Oh, I'm not a fast reader anyway, but it took me probably two or three weeks. Okay, still quite quick. That's quite quick, I'd say. Okay, so so would you so would you agree with Andy's analysis then? So you agree on the writing style? Definitely. So, why why do you think it was so difficult to get into? It was just very unusual the way he did it. It just you know didn't didn't flow like a normal novel really. Uh, I just found it difficult, you know. Uh, if you, you know, yeah, I had to get used to his style. If you didn't get used to it, you know, you wouldn't enjoy it. But if you got into it and tried to get what he was doing, then, you know, it, it was all right. Neil, I've got a question. So, so 
when I was trying to read it, which admittedly I was either by a pool or on a beach, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I, I, had other, I had other things like relaxing on my mind. But yeah, um, I had to keep going back a few pages of rereading the previous section and thinking, hang on a minute, I'm trying to piece all this together. Did you do the same? Yeah. Yeah, it's not just me then. Yeah, it just... His style is just so weird, you know, just just not what I was used to reading a novel, just, you know, and you know, if it wasn't for some of the interludes that uh, I quite enjoyed, you know, I probably wouldn't have finished it. Yeah, yeah. I will finish it. I will. I will. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll let everyone know, obviously, once I've finished it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's slow progress at the moment, definitely. So Neil, what's your favourite Star Wars book then? If you, it seems like you've read quite a few. Um, what, what's your favourite? Oh, it has to be uh, the original X-wing book. Oh, that series, uh, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, also, probably second to that is Lost Stars. And why? Why are these two? How many books have you read? Oh, ten. Not many. Not oh. The Legends books I've uh, I've read the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales of Mosadi Cantina. I read the uh, the AC Crispin Han Solo novels. Uh, I read Bloodlines. I read all the novels, the original trilogy ones, uh, Force Awakens one, Last Jedi one. That's just, that's about it, really. Just about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like quite a lot. <laughs> um, wow. So, well, maybe we should get you to do a review one day on, on your favourite book for the website. That could be quite some good fun if you've got time and fancy doing some writing. Um, wow. That's that's kind of thrown me. So, so your recommendation is, Andy, it's not a great book, but you're going to finish it anyway. And Neil says, it's not a great book, but finish it anyway. And by the time you get to the third book, it's good. Is that a good summary? I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, it, it's it's laborious, but I I tell you, I ploughed my way through it. I, I know I I, <laughs> I forced myself. I forced myself to carry on. I thought, oh, I, I, boom, boom. Yeah, I, I got to about page thirty, um, and then actually went back to the start of the book and and started reading it all over again because I thought I just kept getting. It was so hard to comprehend. I just kept getting lost in my own trail of thoughts and thinking, "Hang on, I mean, I'm, I'm reading it, but I'm not even taking it in." Yeah, so, yeah. and I'm yeah I'm I'm yes. I, I, I agree with what you just said, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said before, I've read the Vader books, and I think that's that's my favourite book. It's so cool to see him and the Emperor go off on a mission, and it's got some characters we all know in it as well. So it's a really, really good read, and I would recommend that one. And continuing, I'm that. pardon? I might look out for that. That sounds. Yeah, good. you should. It's I I picked it up really cheaply on Amazon. It's it's fairly old now, so you can get it for a few pounds. It's well worth a read, and it's quite—it's really easy going as well. It's—it's it's one that you can finish like in a couple of days. It's only two hundred pages. I think it's more aimed at kids, um, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, and keeping on the book theme, um, Claudia Gray's latest novel is called *Master and Apprentice*, and I want to discuss this because um, 
as regular listeners will know, I occasionally like to throw out some fan theory. Um, and, and in this case, <laughs> the book is about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi and features flashbacks of Qui-Gon's time to, as Count Dooku's apprentice um, when he started to, to fall towards the dark side. And there's one passage in particular which is really interesting, um, which is um, when Qui-Gon Jinn's worrying about Dooku's obsession with a Jedi prophecy. And the prophecy is this. He who learns to conquer death will through his greatest student live again. Repeat that. He who learns to conquer death will through his greatest student live again. Now, I'm pretty sure you all know where I'm going to head straight away with this to the next film. We know Palpatine is returning in some form or another. So do we think that this actually is talking about that return? And who do you think Palpatine's greatest student is? Let's start with Mera. Uh, well, uh, Anakin. <laughs> no? I don't know. I, okay, we, oh, okay. I'm going to out different people. Go on, you tell us why it's Anakin then. Well, I mean, his, I, I don't know, his greatest student. I mean, Vader was with him the longest, the, you know. I don't know. I mean, that's just the first person I think of. I mean, he's the most powerful and he was most, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are obviously two other candidates. So perhaps I'll tell you who they are in advance, obviously, and you can tell me. Neil, can you tell us why you think Luke might be that person? And Andy, you can tell us why Kylo Ren. Have a little think about those two things. So, Neil... Do you think it could be Luke that they're talking about here? Luke, obviously, still being in the latest films. Uh, could be. But I want to throw another name out there. Go on. Darth Maul. He's dead. Mm, well, yeah, I suppose. But how would how would he become alive again through Darth Maul? Yes, yeah, point. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, him literally do. Cheating death, as in Phantom Menace and uh, the dark side, keeping him alive. Uh, yeah. As in Clone Wars. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, the I can't, reason, see, I, yeah, I can't the reason, see Luke really uh, being his greatest, uh, keeping himself going through Luke, really. I think Luke... Because if you if you were to assume that Palpatine, as we know, was really ready to disregard Vader, you know, he definitely wanted Luke to be a student and not Vader, mm-hmm. which kind of makes you think, is it Anakin, his greatest ever student? Because if he was, why would he want to get rid of him so easily for Luke? And is it, in fact, that Luke, unknowingly, through the way he's lived his life since we last saw him, and, you know, the way he's become this hermit, has actually been helping the emperor return in some way Could be. anything is yeah at this point <laughs> sorry you're not talking to me no no i want you all to join in and uh, I've, I've given andy the kylo ren curveball so yeah, oh. yeah I, I, I mean the kylo ren one's quite simple no it's not kylo ren is it okay. he's, a, he's the only one who's alive why couldn't it be him I, it, I thought Darth Maul but I didn't I, know, I like when Neil was going with that Darth Maul conquered death Darth Maul's chopped in half and then he still he still is around in, in some form I don't know it's mechanical legs or whatever but well he's dead 
Well, I was in the road dead now because it was a long time ago in the galaxy, far, far yeah. away. No, no, you, you know. saw, you saw, you saw. This is because you don't watch the cartoons, Andy. Rebels. He got killed by Obi Wan <laughs> properly. Oh, have you have you known ruined rebels? Is this a spo- Is this a spoiler? Well, yeah. if you didn't watch it two years ago when it ended. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Oh, honestly. Sorry, Andy. Well, he's, he's done it once. Why can't he do it again? Anything's it's possible. Let's just let's get Ryan Johnson on the case. Okay, well, let me explain the Kylo Ren one then. Um, Obi Wan. Yeah. So so Kylo Ren, the way that Snoke died. There's been the sort of thing that was Snoke ever really even a character? Now we've seen this force projection that Luke could use. Could the Emperor have been Snoke the whole time? Or could the Emperor have been living inside a creature that was Snoke? The way that Kylo killed him so easily, you'd think that Snoke would be able to have repelled him in some way. And so has the Emperor, was he the one who turned Kylo Ren as a child has he been molding him throughout and by going out and looking for these Sith troopers is he the person bringing them back and thus creating this resurrection of the Emperor that's kind of the Kylo Ren theory what do you think about that it's it's tedious isn't it that's I mean it's wow I'm so looking forward to you being really disappointed with the new film when this actually happens Imagine if it does. Oh, I, I really hope that's not the case. It's just yeah. that's just like that's so re, so much recycled garbage. It's unbelievable. I do, I don't disagree with you on that, but uh, <laughs> it's a strong, uh, strong uh, opinion, admittedly. I but, I mean, you, can see, you can see it though, can't you? That's the thing, and so it's it's, it's interesting. I I quite like this quote because I think lots of people can see it in different ways. It could be Luke, it could be Anakin, or it could be. Kylo and maybe it could be Darth Maul that that maybe maybe there was something in the second solo we didn't see which would have explained it I don't know it's possible I want to say it's definitely not Luke I mean Luke is too yeah no I don't think they go farther than what they've done for his character why evil in Luke completely although somebody could argue that I guess with him like I want to kill my nephew exactly yeah yeah, but I don't agree with that part. Well, it still happened. Well, no, he didn't want to kill him. He did. In context, Alistair. In context. Neil, he I definitely was... wanted to kill him, didn't he? he definitely. No. Uh, All right, it, was a, anyway. it was a fleeting moment of it. See? I agree with Mera. Oh, Neil, <laughs> Mr. Positivity himself. How <laughs> dare you gang up with me? Gang up even. There was three people telling that story. The one that, well, two people telling the story. Luke not wanting to, you know, whatever, paint himself as the bad guy. But what was he really struggling with? The same thing as with his father and stuff. We're not going to go down the rabbit no, trail. No, no, we're not. The last, no. review, the last Jedi review. No, exactly, not again. <laughs> Episode 12. No, no. You just said we're not doing it. So anyway, no, I'm no. going to say, Luke, I'm going to say Anakin or some other schmuck. <laughs> Can I say that on radio? <laughs> I mean, anything's possible at this point. I mean, are we count- is everyone counting out the fact that Vader could return in some form? Yeah. No, they, that's, that's spoiler alert. That's expected by a lot of people. Is it right? Yeah. I was well, it was that. supposed to happen in the first, it was supposed to happen in The Force Awakens. And then it was supposed to happen in in um jeez why can't i even remember the name of the last film i've got it so far away from my head thank you 
<laughs> Thank you. Ali. Yeah. I just couldn't remember it. I was trying. You see, this is what happens on this podcast. I get so nervous that someone's going to bring it up and set Dave up on a rant. But I just, I just don't think about it anymore. That's a joke. It's done. Um, but yeah, you know, it's yes. Let's let's move on. Andy, yep. can talk about Lego. <laughs> Lego. Well, yes. Um, so uh, we're lucky enough now to be on on Lego's press list. So we, we we get sort of early alerts on some of the sets now. These are these are commonly known uh, now online. But there's going to be so far two sets available in 2020. So you've got. Obi-Wan's Hut and Luke's Landspeeder. Both from A New Hope, I believe. Um, a, a, a bit of a throwback to episode four. Uh, looking at £25 or $30. Uh, I mean, you can, you can, you can Google the sets. The, the, the information is ready available. I think we, we did a little feature on our website recently as well. Um, yeah. They're okay. I, as I've ranted about before, the, the new Lego stuff doesn't really excite me that much. And again, I think these are these are sort of I don't want to use the word uninspiring, but the speed is just like another speeder. And yeah, Obi Wan's Hut's a very basic set for for twenty five pounds. It's only two hundred pieces, so it's, it looks like it's half a set. <laughs> right. And you might have to buy another set and make it a whole. I don't know. Mm. They're, they're okay. They're okay. How is your How is your Lego building going these days? Not well, not. No, I I haven't had time. To be fair, I have not had time to just sit and relax and, and build for for a while. I haven't I haven't built a set now for a couple of months. Um, I have bought, however, in fact, let me just manoeuvre myself slightly because I have them in front of me. <laughs> I have yes, not that that's prepared. great podcast material. That is ah, not not that I'm not that I'm prepared, not that I'm prepared <laughs> at all. But Here's I one he half made earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't see what I'm doing. I can't find the light. But <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> what is uh, there we go. Yeah. So I bought. I bought four. I bought four sets recently. Okay. Um, I have a Major Von Riggs Tie Fighter from Resistance. I have. Excuse me. I have the Black Ace Tie Interceptor from Resistance. Ooh. These are all off Amazon on a, on a very hefty discount, which is why I was allowed to purchase. Is this for Prime Day? It, it was actually. It was. Okay. <laughs> I bought from from the film with no name. I bought Snoke's throne room, which was a set that I've been looking. That at sounds at quite. A that's a big piece, isn't it? It's it's fairly. I mean, it's um, it's about sixty pounds. It, it's fairly big, um, but it's it's more of. A, it, I know Dave wouldn't like it, not just because it's from the Last Jedi, but because it's a playset. So there's lots of interactivity in it. Um, it looks pretty cool, to be fair. Um, there's little, little bits that twizzle around and you know lift up and down and stuff. Does it weigh sixty pounds or it costs sixty pounds? Uh, it's that no, it's sixty pounds to buy. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was sixty-five actually. Was that with your discount? No, no, no. It, that, that was that's. It should be sixty-five. I think it was half price. I oh, very good. I only paid thirty-two fifty. Oh. Yeah, which is why I then thought, well, I'm, I'm getting that for half price. I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I made my first foray into the the twenty-year anniversary sets. Oh. Yeah, and I bought the slave one. Now, I know there's about five or six of these, which I will get at some point. But, yeah, there's five, five big sets, I believe. And so which one's definitely, which one's exciting you the most? Well, the Slave One, that's why I bought, that's why I bought it. Um, it's one of my favourite ships. Um, I do have the Ultimate Collectors 
series, Slave One, which I've built, and it's in a display cabinet, which is awesome. I think that's possibly one of my favourites. It still is one of my favourites. I think it was definitely when I bought it, I thought, this is my favourite set. But then every set I build, I think, oh, is this my favourite? <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I haven't, I've dismantled quite a few of them and put them back in a box because um, I've only got one little display cabinet at the moment. Is that, so, is that negotiable? Um, possibly. If, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I eventually I can take over the spare bedroom, it might expand. But yeah, um, and that's taken up one of the three shelves in the display cabinet. And I will not dismantle that because it's absolutely awesome. Oh, brilliant. I, I, this is the second slave one I own there, technically. Um, and it's a little bit smaller. It's not as detailed. But the, the very fact that it's one of the um, 20th anniversary sets and it comes with a limited edition um, figure in it. Uh, well, I suppose the whole set's limited edition, but the figure is... Where is it? Okay. Uh, I should have put the light on before I do <laughs> It's got a two you you really did your prep for this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sat in a dark room. I can barely see the box. Um, it's a year 2000 princess layer. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, and they, they all link together. So you've got a Luke Skywalker, you've got a Lando Calrissian, you've got a Darth Vader, you've got a Han Solo, um, and in this one I've got a Leia. And they're all, yeah, they're all, I mean, obviously Lando isn't, and Darth Vader isn't, but they're all like the yellow-faced, um, the original like style Lego figures. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I mean that's about it for Lego to be fair it's gone a bit quiet I'm hoping that there's going to be more stuff but I think the, the whole secrecy around the rise of Skywalkers but they haven't actually announced anything uh, yeah uh, well you're not the only one who's building Lego sets anymore because Ooh. Mary you're, you build them too now don't you I build the little ones <laughs> such as I have a well just two really I have the uh, Millennium Falcon with Chewie, the macro or the micro? Falcon. Oh, the micro, yeah. Micro, yeah, and then I have the, um, from Solo, the uh, patrol trooper and his, what do you call it? Micro? <laughs> Motorcycle? <laughs> what do you call those? No. Nope. was land. <laughs> On his motorbike. <laughs> I know what you mean. I can't think of what I know what you mean as well. So I was like, Neil, you, you'll know what this is. Come on. Oh, yeah. oh. So I can't think of it. Speeder? I guess it's speeder. speeder. This is a type of speeder. Isn't it? I'm sure there's, yeah. a, there's a more complicated name for it, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I can't think of right now. But you guys will be very happy that to find out. I, I have been given, if you don't follow me on Instagram, which not many people do, and that's fine. Um, I had a fellow Star Wars fan at work, a uh, very special person. He he gave me um, a, a Hoth Leia figure with a an original Stormtrooper. And he's had these figures for 30 years. And somebody said that they were original figures. He had had him in his Darth Vader helmet box. You know, that thing back in the day where you could put all your figures in it in the 70s, early 80s. And that was probably one of the best things that I have been given. Uh, he just gave them to me Friday. And I literally did a happy jig on the floor at work because it was, they're, they're beautiful. They're just beautiful. So if you want to see them, go to my, you know, not to plug my Instagram, but they're there. Yeah, plug it. Exactly. <laughs> but hey my desk gang is improving and it's getting bigger so <laughs> uh, 
And then for any for any UK fans, I, I'm visiting Mary in September. If you want to donate any Lego to her, I'm happy to transport it to her. I, I didn't say I was buying you any. <laughs> I didn't say you were. Handy, have you got any spare sets you really hate? <laughs> I'd love to say yes, but no, I haven't. She can't hear us, don't worry. Right. <laughs> Mary's they lost a bit of mobile signal. Yeah. <laughs> so I can say absolutely not. I've muted her. Neil, <laughs> um, Neil do you, do you, are you interested in Lego at all? Or did you? Uh, not really, but I have got a, uh, a solo speeder from Solo Movie. That's the only Lego set I've got. Oh, okay. Solo speeder. So possibly the same as well. Okay, cool. So, so why? So, what do you collect then? Because I think you collect some things from your. Yeah, trip. I do. Uh, I've got some vintage figures, uh, some loose. Uh, I've got a half layer as well as Mera, uh, and a little display stand. Uh, I've got some carded figures and some loose vehicles. Uh, Millennium Falcon. I've got the Palatoy Death Star, and the uh, and the X-wing and Snowspeeder. That's a decent amount. And then how do you display them? It's always on the Jedi Council, Alex and uh, Dave like to go backwards and forwards about the best way to display this. Uh, I've got all of my loose figures are on a display stand, a uh, 2005 one. It was a amalgamation of the uh, the Cantina set and the Sandcrawler set. Uh, I've got my, all of my loose figures on that. I've got a load of carded figures, which I don't open uh my vehicles, uh, I've got some of them open, some of the mini rigs, the original vintage ones open. Uh, my X-Wing is open, uh, and Millennium Falcon is open. So you're, you're a mixture between the two? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I, I, as I say, if, if, you, if yet again, if anyone wants to donate anything to Mera, I'm happy to transport it to her. There you go, Mera, I've plugged that. So, um, the last thing I want to talk about, because surprisingly for us, we're going through it at quite the speed, is uh, another... Uh, hello, hello, before we go on, yeah. sorry, yeah. there's one other thing about Lego that I just wanted uh, to mention. Uh-oh, uh, it's not pressing, is it? Two. Actually, there's two. Um, the, the Darth Vader bust, um, we, we featured that a while ago. Yeah. It was, like, it was a Comic-Con exclusive, I think, or a Celebration exclusive. Yep. But it was also available to cut holders of the Target red card. Which is a shame because we don't have Target in the UK. But never mind. Um, I still haven't got my hands on one of those, but I believe Dave has. So um, I expect him to maybe put a few pictures up of that when he builds it, if he does, if he does decide to build it. I think it's boxed at the moment. Um, and the other one was something that, that uh, a recent press release from Lego Detailed, which I just thought was pretty cool. So, and, and set in mind, we were talking about Sith Troopers earlier. I thought this was quite relevant. So at the recent San Diego Comic-Con, they built a life-sized Sith Trooper, which was displayed there. It was a huge Lego stand, I believe, because it had right. been the 20th anniversary. Um, and it was, it was six feet, two inches tall, um, which for those of us in metric, it's 188 centimetres. 34,307 bricks, um, and it took 259 hours to build. Um, I can you? honestly say I was more excited about that than I was about the Sith Troopers in the actual film. <laughs> so, help me. I don't know what to say to this. Help me, Mera. <laughs> you, you, you've managed to stun Mera and Neil into silence with that. 
Neil, you must have seen some impressive um, Lego life-size characters at Celebration. Yeah, they certainly had, they had some some there. I think they had a, a stormtrooper. Uh, I think they had Finn. I think Poe Dameron. Uh, I think that's all I can remember really on the Lego side of that. So, Andy, any more points about Lego before we move on? Yeah, sorry, sorry, you can move on. No, I will allow you to continue. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> the last point, um, it's really, to be honest, aimed more at uh, Neil and Andy because Mary and I have had our say about this at length, but you never know, it does change consistently. Um, Neil, a couple of podcasts ago on your podcast, you did something called Fandom, where we're at, where we want to be. Do you want to explain what where you are with, with this at the moment? Because, you know, the fandom seems to constantly, I don't know, if you listen to other podcasts, which I, I, I t- try not to do because it influences them what we do. But, you know, I think I think everyone agrees it's it's divided. And it's it seems to me it's it's along the lines of, of age now, um, depending on how old you are in many ways. <laughs> Um, what, what's your take on take on the the whole fandom where we're at? Uh, I think where we're at. I think during April celebration, I think it was a really good place. Uh, you know, everyone united around uh, you know what what Star Wars coming out. You know, Rise of Skywalker trailer and all that. Uh, I think I did carry on for a bit. I think, but in the last couple of months, we've had some instances of. Uh, fandom get into arguments about other things I think it's always going to be that way but I always try to inject a bit of positivity into it uh, you know I think if you're not enjoying one particular film is you know there's eight other films for you to enjoy I think you don't have to go on about one film you don't like I think you know Star Wars is like a big buffet you know you can still pick things of it you like and talk about it so I think you know it's always going to be that way on social media, really, isn't it? So, you know, it's, it, Star Wars can't please everyone all the time. And, but hopefully the rise of Star will please most people, you know, in, come December. Yeah, and Andy, you, you were one of the first people that I heard say that you were going to call people out and say fans weren't fans if they were going to keep behaving the way that they were. And I and I think you were right about that. How how do you perceive since then the Star Wars fandom and fans? Because obviously, I think we've discussed this on podcasts that you've not been on. So I wanted to give you your chance to say something on it. Yeah, I, I think it's it certainly seems less toxic now. You know, on Twitter and whatever, and articles that have been written, etc. But I don't think that's because the fans have changed their opinion. I think it's just because the last Jedi was now what couple of years ago so they've yeah. just found something else to talk about and obviously the, the new films come out now so everyone's thinking oh, I'm not going to rant about the last year anymore instead I'm going to think oh what have we got coming so I don't I, I don't necessarily think it's changed as such I think the circumstances have changed and people have just stopped talking about it I, I do I stand by my comments ages ago where if I, I, I'm not saying you can't disagree I'm not saying you can't have an opinion on the film but if you're going to continually spout toxic messages and and the thing that got me was with rose kelly marie chan had to actually come off instagram completely because of the abuse she was getting now 
No one deserves that. And if you if you are a Star Wars, or I, I use inverted commas here, if you are a Star Wars fan, and you think it's appropriate to to message the the actors and actresses that go out of the way to try and please the the broad church of, of fans, if you go out your way to message them hate or you know or, or spout messages that are, are negative and full of vile message vile vile phrases, you cannot call yourself a fan. You absolutely cannot. You are not part of the Star Wars fandom if that's how you feel. Yes, you, you feel free to hate the film. I'm not saying everyone's going to like the film. But don't don't be abusive and don't be toxic about it because no one wants to see that. There's no place in, in you know, there's no place anywhere for people like that, but especially in what is a family-friendly franchise. Just take it elsewhere. That, that, would, be my, that would be my opinion. I, I think I'm seeing less of it online, definitely. But like I say, I don't. I don't think it's because people are less passionate or less, or they want to be less abusive about it. I feel like they've just sort of got it out of the system, and and the last year always blown over, and they're just waiting for the new film before they start spouting the social justice rubbish that they normally do. Yeah, Mary, have you got anything to add on to what Andy's been saying? Um, not really. I mean, I I totally agree. I think we've been coming. Um, pretty toxic in some areas it's like you know Star Wars is a gift we might not like some chapters but you know there's so much about it to love that I can't even associate hate with it and why we have to become so we're so safe behind our computers and so we we don't even um understand the liberty we have of voicing our opinion but sometimes you know that's abused and it's just i love star wars i there are chapters that i i don't like as well as other chapters and that's the way it will be for everybody but it's definitely nothing to be hateful about nothing to be uh taken so seriously that it's i mean at the end of the day it's a story their movies, their books, their collectibles. It, it's not its not a life and death thing like real life. Are we fighting cancer and real, you know, shootings and things like this, that, things that we should hate, but, you know, righteous hate, that is. But, <laughs> there's so many stories to be told in Star Wars that I think we're just missing it by obsessing about the things that we, we dislike to the point that we drive other people away. Nobody wants to be a part of that particular part of it. And most of all, me. So, Neil, yeah, going on from that as our king of positivity, where would you like to see fandom go to? Uh, I think I'd like it to find a happy middle ground. You know, a discussion about the movies that, you know, courteous discussion, spirited discussion. I mean, that's why I love a Jedi Council. You have a spirited discussion every podcast. You know, you don't agree sometimes on all subjects, but you're always, uh, you know, it's courteous to each other. You know, you might be lively and all that, but, you know, you're not shouting abuse at each other. You know, you're just having a good discussion about Star Wars. I think fandom should come to that, uh, you know, that's what it should drive it forward, really. You know, it's it's a it's a space movie about wizards. You know, that's all it is. 
Yeah. Andy, do you think it's possible for an audience to come back together? I mean, I, I can't think of another movie that brings up this kind of vitriol against the movie that they love. I, I can't really think of an anyone. You know, when a new Bond comes uh, out, everyone's excited. I, I can't think of another one like this. No, your question again. I don't want to. I don't want to finish on a on a downer. But your question was: Do you think the fans will find a middle ground? I, I'd like to think so, but I I don't think they will. I don't think. I think people have people have been divided by the Last Jedi for whatever reason, yeah. and the 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 hate. I mean, <laughs> the hatred in them is swelling. No, no, to use a Star Wars quote, it's I, I can't. It's going to take something absolutely unbelievable to bring everyone together because it's people are dragging in politics and world events into Star Wars and using that to to fuel their views on the Last Jedi. And I'm like, really? It's just a film. Do you know what I mean? It's, so, I, I, so those for those on the extreme ends of the fandom let's call it that no I don't I don't think there is there is any hope of bringing them back to the middle ground but I do hope um, that the the rise of Skywalker does appeal to the masses uh, and let's hopefully let's all just sit sit around and think you know what it did maybe it didn't go in the direction it, we wanted it to this new trilogy as a whole but it was good we you know we enjoyed how it finished and and let's move on from there I hope that maybe that's the way people will draw a line under it I don't know. I don't think it will right the wrongs of the Last Jedi, but then in yeah. other people's eyes, there aren't any wrongs with the Last Jedi. So you know, you're trying to please everyone. It's almost yeah. a disappointment. Do you think, Mara, then that people need to almost forgive the Last Jedi or film, whatever it's called, um, to to start really healing this? So people just got to look past it. Well, I mean, if if it's such a if it is such a stumbling block, if it's a hindrance to em- embracing all of Star Wars, then yes, you, there are some things in life you've got to let go to enjoy the other good things of life. If, if you hated The Last Jedi, okay, you hated it. This could be a better story. It could be probably the best ending we've ever had. Don't not go see it, to use a double negative, just because of how much you hated The Last Jedi. If you've loved The Last Jedi, you're going to be, you know, ready and raring to go and to, you know, you know, I didn't love or hate The Last Jedi. I, you only use hate for certain things anyway, things that should be applied to it, frankly, because like Andy said, it, it's a movie. Um, but, yeah, you've got to, if it's such a block then yes, it needs to be removed so that you can enjoy the rest of the story because there's a lot of good in the saga. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I think with, with that lovely singing, I think we're almost time to, to sign off for the evening. So um, Andy, do you have any final thoughts? I suppose the only one is that that did feel like a slightly negative podcast, despite us having Mr. Positive on. I'm 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 sorry about that. I just feel like sorry. a lot of the topics we we chose were, were fairly were moany moany things. Hopefully, hopefully they all you'll come on again and we'll 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 have a lot of positive topics this time because it felt a bit of a rant tonight. To be fair, but you know it's 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 where we're at at the moment. It's it's our opinions on on current and past things. We 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 pick out a, a, some stuff to talk about and. 
you know, we've all sort of agreed that it's not what we think or, or you know, our opinions have been a bit negative. The book review didn't help. I was hoping to, <laughs> I was hoping to enlighten everyone with, you know, the most amazing read, but it can't be helped. So, yeah, um, yeah, it feels felt a bit negative, but, you know, the sun doesn't shine every day, does it? Certainly doesn't. Mera? I cannot wait to see this. I cannot wait to see my Star Wars and in a blaze of glory or whatever. It's going to be the Mandalorian. I'm still so very, very hopeful, even though it's this is brought up, like Andy said, some, you know, not quite as positive as we want it. But, you know, again, it's it's like being part of a family. We, it happens that way. But I, I'm very excited. I mean, I can't wait to see The Mandalorian. I really want to see the tie-up of Rise of Skywalker. How is this? How is this going to fit? This is, you know, intriguing, and yet, I don't know. It's I I come back to my love for Star Wars. It was there in 77 when I fell in love with R2-D2, and it's not, it's not going to stop. So, Allie, your last thoughts. I, the, the presenter doesn't have a last thoughts. I've, I'm just trying to work out how I can get Star Trek into this, as I realise I've not done it all episode. Uh, Neil, what do you think of Billy D. D. Williams' shirt looking like Captain Kirk? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, who? What? Uh, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. What? That's that's brilliant, Neil. It's wonderful. Alex or Dave would rise to that in seconds. <laughs> Well done, Neil. I can't be contrary if you're not going to contrary <laughs> against me. Of all the things, of all the words that you can said, who is quite possibly the best one. <laughs> I think Alice, Neil doesn't need to, need to sum up anymore after that. No, I'm joking, Neil. I'm joking. <laughs> Neil, how have you found it being on the Jedi Council podcast, and, and how have you found what we've been speaking about in general? Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it may the tone might have been slightly, probably not totally positive, but I think being honest with each other and giving our truthful views is much better than trying to sugarcoat an episode, you know, into what it isn't. And, you know, I've really enjoyed being on the podcast and hopefully I'll be invited back. And uh, Alistair, long live and prosper. Way There we go. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thanks, Neil. So um, we've been going for one hour, 40 minutes, so a relatively short podcast for, by our standards. It is. So, <laughs> so let me just to remind anyone who's happened to stumble across us for the first time. You can find us on Twitter at the Jedi underscore council, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, of course, the website where you can find all our old episodes. We regularly run polls. And, of course, we now run Fact of the Day, which I think you're involved with quite a bit, Andy, with Dave, which is really cool and people seem to enjoy. Neil, have you seen our Facts of the Day? Uh, not yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you were supposed to say yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely am, yeah. Bye. Tweet for the last two months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Upcoming review from Mara on her R2D2 tote bag. Yeah, exactly. So, um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna... I was only joking. Of course, I have. Yeah. There we go. That, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Just trying to fill the gaps in, filling the gaps. <laughs> oh, I love doing this podcast. It really, it makes my evening sometimes. So fun. Oh, no. <laughs> so on that bombshell. 
We are, we are the Jedi Council. And may the Force be with you always. Done. Done. I'm not sure if I'm going to edit that out or not. No, don't. The Force will be with you always.